0: Did you finally get your headphones working? I think so, but I cannot tell until I play something out of it. How many things can go wrong for you today? All of them. Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time Podcast, the only survivor podcast that says you're not good enough for a merge. You get absorbed. I am your host, Stephen Bean with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared, what have you absorbed lately? Ooh, insulin. Oh, um, they will do it. But not, I didn't make it myself, so I had to do some store-bought. Uh. <laughs> what podcast should we merge with, Stephen? I, or not merge, sorry, be absorbed into. No, we're not being absorbed, we're doing the absorbing. We're doing the absorbing? Okay. We, we are the greater uh, the greater thing we must absorb. I mean, I'll die on any hill, that makes sense to me. <laughs> uh, Stephen, I have a random question for you. Okay. How many British monarchs do you think will die during our lifetime? At least two. Yeah, I mean, Charles got cancer. My my guess is three. Okay. I, th- I think I'll take the over. Okay. But maybe that's optimistic. Okay. Because who's next in line after Charles? I have no idea. See, that's the problem. I think it gets a lot younger after that. I hope it gets really messy. And then... <laughs> places can just like you know ireland and scotland can just like be free <laughs> see that is a whole political discussion that that's true i am not getting on board with if they want to be if the, you i mean scottish independence is always kind of a it's it's a 49 51 issue over there so yeah. whatever they want there there's been referendums and and shit and yeah i i am not from there and don't have any ability S- to make that decision skexit skexit Scottish ex- Scottish Brexit. it. No, I got it. I don't know why. Nothing in my day related to this whatsoever. Okay. I think it might have just been looking up the stuff between weeks and like, oh, I think that's what it was. I think Char- Charles' marriage was the week between episodes, which I didn't care about, but it made me think about that. Okay. And the fact that he has cancer. Nice. How are you doing, Stephen? <laughs> I'm all right. <laughs> Had a had a busy day running around. Uh, trains were goofy today, and that's, it made me late. So you were standing outside of my door waiting for me to come home. Ominously. Yeah. When actually one of your neighbors did enter the building, and I did not even look up for my phone or try to um, enter in after them, because I think it's the lady downstairs who hates when people yeah. get into your building that Hon- don't live here, even Hon- if they're invited. Honestly, I appreciate you for waiting. I don't want to fight that fight. Yeah, I don't want to... Ma- I, listen, I, I'm I'm, the, I'm not going to make you fight that fight. It's fine. Cool, thanks. Uh, I have here the line of succession. It's King Charles, uh, Prince William is second in line. That feels... Is that right? Doesn't he live in America now? I thought he gave up his... I thought I, he gave it up. I thought he gave it up too. Mm, all right. And then we go to Prince George, who looks really young. Oh, that's a child. That is a child. Queen Elizabeth's great grandson, King Charles's grandson, and Prince William's eldest child. Okay, oh. but does he then fall under the? If that's William's kid, if William gave, I a, think, I think in God, monarchies are so stupid. Are. I think once you've removed yourself, it doesn't necessarily remove your kids per se. Remove the line, yeah. Which is the one that was the probable alleged pedophile, Charles. No, no, it was not. It's somebody... It's Andrew. Andrew. I... Okay. The one that was, like, friends with Epstein. I thought it was Charles. we turned into TMZ. No, I don't like this. I don't know how I got down this road. Okay, anyway. Let's never do this again. <laughs> oh, no, you're right. It is Andrew. I know. Okay, <laughs> cool. Anyway... <laughs> Once again, I don't know shit about British royalty, and I don't really care, because th- they're held to high esteem for just being born. Yeah. What a goofy-ass shit. Yeah. It really is a just a relic of a bygone era. Thank God. And, like, some of them have done great things. A lot of them have not. Yeah, I'm just gonna say they're all bastards, in my view. I mean... There's a lot of inbreeding and royalty throughout I do know European that, history. Uh there's like living Hopsburgs and like one of them is just like just like shit posts like anime, like borderline <laughs> hentai on Twitter <laughs> oh all day. Oh my god. Like that's like his thing. That's hilarious. It's pretty funny. <laughs> that's the, that's what the monarchy should get turned into. It's, you know what the monarchy should turn into? Shit posters. emails oh, If you okay. want to email us, feel free to email <laughs> us, SurvivorTBT at gmail.com. Steven, is this our worst opening bit ever? No. Yeah, you're right. We've been doing this for <laughs> a year and a half. It surely could be it worse. can be. Oh, man. Email us, SurvivorTBT at gmail.com. Message us on Reddit, survivor SurvivorTBT, on X at SurvivorTBT. Jumping in, first email from Carl. Carl, not to be a Debbie Downer because I do love this season, but on a rewatch, parts of it do suffer a little more after the first viewing. So, like, Mm. upon subsequent... Second, third, fourth viewings. Yeah, I can see that. This episode is a good example, as without the excitement slash novelty of seeing a tribe get decimated for the first time, to me, it's mostly sad and even a little boring at parts. Wondering if you feel the same way, Steven. I I do agree. I think once you know that it's gonna happen, I think the second time, which is what I'm on, you watch for different things and then post that, I feel like it's pretty dead. But that's uh, that's life, I guess. I can only watch so many I can only watch things so many times cuz I, I had this discussion with Michaela who watches things over and over like as comfort food mm-hmm. and I'm like I can't it dr- it drives me wild. Yeah, I mean different people engage with media differently. Mm-hmm. I'm on the same uh basically the same page as you and I also like don't put shows on in the background like I'll put in podcasts mm-hmm. for the background. And that's not just cuz I record a podcast. I've been doing that for like <laughs> 10 years now. Same. Uh, or I tried to dabble into audiobooks. It's a little harder. But, yeah, I know some people, it is, they, like, they consume it as, like you said, a comfort food. Like, it is something to be rewatched because it, it like, lets them sit in that comfort and nostalgia, especially if they're, uh, if they have, like, anxiety or, or, you know, they have fond memories tied to that specific thing, then, yeah. But it's not for me. Not for me either. I get it. I'm not gonna, I, I'm not here to yuck someone's yum, but... I personally, I want new content, and I want to find good new content. <laughs> but Survivor's that one where I'm like, ah, I'm far enough apart from most of this that I can go back and rewatch a lot of it. But well, there's so fucking much of it. We're also attacking it from a different angle than I would have, both watching it as a kid and watching it in pandemic. Sure, yeah, different different lifestyle. We're for doing sure. a, a a kind of analysis. Yeah. Oh, this is episode seven from Carl. Just Mm. make sure I point that out. Uh, (laughs) Picture the email. It's it's Ian in the SOS challenge. Yeah. (laughs) Just jumping into the water. Also, all the sadness. Look at at all that sad. Man. (laughs) This reminds me of a documentary I saw of a polar bear club who's starving because of climate change. I bet the cameraman in this shot felt similar to whomever filmed that. It's the Oolong tribe sitting sad on the beach. Yeah, I mean, probably slightly different, but... Yeah. <laughs> one of them's like a big existential thing and one of them's just in a, just immediate sadness, but both of them do invoke empathy. Yeah, well, not to the polar bear. It's not exis- It's a big existential world thing to the polar bear. It's just life. personal existential, I guess. Yeah. All right, anyway. <laughs> Read recently that Tom would routinely hold up shooting before a challenge to pepper Jeff with questions about how the challenge worked. Oh my God. That makes so much sense. Sometimes for over an hour. Love Karor's little tribute to James. When they saw he was gone. If you didn't catch it, Ian says you ain't lying. And Kobe goes, come on. I, I did action. hear them. Yeah. I heard them say something in a Southern draw. Hilarious. That's, that's good stuff from Tyler. Tyler since survivor, Ibrahim has a son, mm-hmm. uh, Good news for Jared. This is the final appearance of the SOS Challenge. Oh, yes. I agree. I do not like the SOS Challenge. And this is one of the most boring of them, so I'm very glad to hear that. (laughs) Something for Jared to keep in mind. I know he knows several future survivor players through osmosis a couple of survivor legends didn't really establish or start establishing their legacies until they came back for another season i'm really glad to hear that and i learned that lesson with boston rob but i Uh didn't think about it in the future so he might walk away from someone's first season not understanding why they're so well known Mm. also there are a few players coming up that came off really well in their first and even second seasons and then suddenly came off much less favorably on a returning season But when I rewatched their original seasons, I realized that their negative aspects were present even then, and they were either overshadowed by their positive portrayal or were even just directed at the right people so the audience sided with them in the first place. Yeah, that makes sense. It'll be interesting when we get to those people to see if Jared picks up on these negative aspects of their first season or even doesn't turn against them on seasons where the general audience did. Yeah, it is kind of nice, you said, and thank you for the email, Uh that I have a certain, uh, there's certain players I knew through osmosis, and that's true, uh, mostly by name, um, or the couple of seasons around this period in Survivor that I watched growing up. Um, Now that, I think it was probably around, like, off and on between, like, Pearl Islands and probably season, I'm guessing, like, 13, 14, I don't know what those seasons are, but um, just now having Palau as, like, a solid memory of, like, that Stephanie episode being like, okay, cool. Yeah, this was this was pretty close to the end of me being done watching Survivor as a kid. Um, but I don't know that many. It's, like, I know the name Prevardi and that she's, like, infamous in reality TV in general. Mm. Uh, and I know Ozzy because I remember him being very good at challenges and I was, uh, we weren't doing this podcast when he came out as bi and I remember seeing the news of, like, survivor player from a lot of seasons comes out as by and like that's all i know okay yeah cool i'm sure there will be many like aha moments that <laughs> probably pop into your brain and go oh i think i know this person but that's just <laughs> if you watch it as a kid and then we're kind of off and on that's just gonna happen yeah but it, it does give me joy that you don't remember how things go oh no not at all Makes makes for good podcasting, I do say. <laughs> makes for really fun watching. Yeah. Connor. Connor has a an email, episode 9 or 10. Don't know if this will get in time for whatever episode. Here's the beef stew recipe provided by none other than everyone's best friend, Kobe. He's very engaging on Facebook. I'm trying to talk to him about the end of the season. Again, amazing, but... He's very engaging with fans. Fairplay is working on him, or a couple other people. Uh, once we get closer to the season ending, you say Fairplay is? I, I guess I don't know. Johnny's helping us get more people. I love Johnny. Fairplay again, great right. guy, cool. Thank you. All the shenanigans, <laughs> great guy. First off, this is my question: Do you think Kobe had any other options? I think he was just frustrated because of Janu being sick. He couldn't pull over. Uh, Jen and Greg they were afraid of not having the numbers. Uh, apparently, Karen was wavering to flip but wanted to stick with Tom for the time being. I do wonder if Kobe didn't over scheme. Maybe he would have let Janu go and then vote off Steph, and then he and Karen could have flipped people. What do you think? Do you think? I mean, we we'll talk about it. In yeah, the I think that's going to be the a large conversation this episode so i think we'll just kind of save that for the episode okay but i do want it said that the question is asked uh apparently also if they didn't let karor get down to just one bobby john and Ebe had admitted that they would have gone with kobe and steph to take out the others yeah i mean that makes sense yeah yeah sometimes timing and luck is everything uh also if oolong still had two members they would have merged at final eight with Koror instead of absorbed. Plus, they would have used the rare kick-ass military green camo merge buff. That's cool. That is true. That is a thing that I was going to say, that they had a buff made. It was ready to go, and they never got to use it. It also makes sense it was green camo for the theming of the season. Yeah. I, I am surprised that they let the tribe get down to one, especially because that is not the timetable of the merge usually usually the merge is when you have 10 people left, at least most of the season so far, maybe all of them. Then the first vote after the merge is the only person who doesn't make the jury. Cause then it's final nine that make the jury. Mm -hmm. They intentionally let it go. At least one more challenge to whittle this down to one. And I'm kind of glad they did, but I'd be, I'd be kind of pissed if I was (laughs) some of the people that heard afterwards that like, Oh, Bobby John could have been really helpful. Actually could have helped us flip people. Like that would have, that would have been pretty shitty yeah i dig it though uh has a shout out to kobe he played well had a smart grasp on the game and had was great in challenges and puzzles and a great narrator uh even yeah and then talks a little bit more about future stuff uh, but did want to talk about that buff though it was sold
1: mm. on
0: from cbs sold it despite it never showing up in the show because they made it and like it it was ready to be sold sure and so now it is a major auction item and people are like paying big bucks to try to get that oh uh connor says that it is the second most wanted or like desired buff out there okay i was gonna ask you what the first one was and i realized no no nope, Nope. not telling i i He also doesn't say, so I may be off base that because I don't, I'm not uh, in those circles to know all those things, but I have guesses. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to Josh. There are a lot of rigging allegations against the fire making challenges. In a recent interview, Bobby John said that the fire making challenge was so close they had to do the survivor version of an instant replay to see who won. In that same interview, he does allege that the producers may have been a bit more generous to Stephanie because she would make for better TV. I could see that. But he doesn't say it was outright rigged. I was going to say this episode, it feels like Stephanie has plot armor, which is a weird thing for a non-scripted show. (laughs) (laughs) That is a very... It doesn't work that way, but... But it it feels that way from the audience perspective. I think... This episode was interesting and a little bit more enlightening on that challenge. Yeah. Because they showed the full angle in the previously on. Mm. And it does look like it went up pretty clean. Like instead of like the full on wrestling cut. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But still, it did go up very quickly. Mm. Anyway, that's good stuff. Thank you. And our final email from Carl. Carl's episode 8 email. Apparently, Palau has about 18,000 people, and its largest island is called Karor. Yes! I meant to say that I when I looked it up on Wikipedia. I thought that was kind of fun. I love it when they associate real places with survivor tribes more than their actual meaning. Pictures of the episode... <laughs> Bobby John, just Bobby John just eating, eating the eggs. Mm. Mm. Look at the look at those faces. showing them teeth. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> I don't like it. God bless this man. Notes: It's interesting that Jared compares Stephanie's airtime with Rupert's in Pearl Island because by this point in the season, that's really the only person you could compare her to in terms of popularity. Mm. By now, Stephanie is by far the star of the last couple seasons. And at this time in Survivor history, Stephanie Mania has reached a fever pitch <laughs> that only Rupert Mania could compare to. Yeah, I mean she's the most popular person post All Stars easily. I could I could tell that just from the edit she's getting. Uh, she is unnatural on camera. She has an um, she has like a really uh, like amazing smile, mm. and there's something about her that just like she looks like a movie star. Like you know what I mean? Like I don't have a way to quantify that, but like it that's what i kind of mean when i was like she she's like she has this protagonist vibe and like plot armor like it feels like she's standing next to extras when she was on Oolong the entire time right from the beginning despite like that's not how that worked in those shots <laughs> like you can only edit that so much that's just who she is that's just Daphne. yeah yeah she she is very stri- she is a very like striking face. Yeah, um, and as the kids would say, she has that riz. She's got that riz, straight riz, baby. <laughs> anyway, Stephanie is everything the survivor community at the uh, at this point. Curious if that surprises Jared at all? Not really. Okay. Uh, she's very conventionally attractive. She's uh, has like a can do attitude. I mean i I still don't think she's an amazing survivor player. <laughs> I but we'll see from here on out. Uh she's definitely not a good leader, <laughs> so, All right. we'll see how it goes. kind of piggybacking on that. A lot of people were cheering for oolong at the time in general because people like underdogs. uh they like Karor as well, so they weren't completely crushed when oolong went the way of the two thousand eight lions. You know, <laughs> that's yeah, that's what it says in the email. no, Listen, I know it's it's I love it. <laughs> It's fine. That can't Dig hurt Zed me anymore. Not that. Dig can't. Zed nope. Jared. can't hurt me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since the Steph Bobby John challenge happened, there have been whisperings of fishiness, 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 fishiness surrounding it. There are widespread rumors that something happened. For example, I've heard most commonly that Bobby John was winning or had won, and Steph complained that it was set up. The setup was unfair, and they ran again. Jolanda said something like this in an interview, although she wasn't there and isn't a big Stephanie fan, so who really knows? Yeah, Stephanie's the one that got her kicked off the island right away. Yeah, she isn't the only source on this, though, and this has been an old rumor, but nothing has ever been entirely confirmed either. Yeah, the filming around the challenge just felt off. I can see why, at minimum, that creates a lot of rumors, because it, like, you you called it a wrestling edit. Like that's in, You're right, that's entirely what it was. Mm-hmm. It feels awful. Off, it does. Some something's not right, and you don't want that in your huge climactic moment. Yeah, I wonder if they paid Bobby John off afterwards. Like, uh, we've not like as an admission or anything, but like, like in the Africa final, exactly. Three that's what I was thinking of. Like, oh hey, you know, we made a mistake. Even if it's like not like hey, we rigged this challenge against you, but it's like hey, you know whatever uh, there's rumor spreading don't add fuel to the fire pun intended kind of um <laughs> and you know here's a hundred thousand dollars yeah did you know that they uh, a lot of reality shows hire a an independent consultant to like just be there to watch any game aspect of it that's in, really smart in case that there's a lawsuit or anything you can be like this person was here the whole time to judge how non-partisan or like how not involved in this we were now that kind of yes and that's good it also is kind of the thing where like well you're also being paid by the network so mm-hmm. if you want to keep your job i'm sure you're there's probably a little bit of bias there just a little bit of bias i wonder about that i'm sure it's like contract work and yeah. maybe you only hire one person for one season and then you move on just to like avoid any shenanigans that way yeah i don't know i know that kind of stuff is um very carefully methodically set up but um once it gets down to the human fail or human level like bias can creep in yeah and just to finish up this email i think palau might be the most beautiful location they've been to honestly it's It's up up there it's it's idyllic yeah it says it's up there with marquesas in thailand at least (laughs) yeah 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 and then finally, what was Jared's winner pick again? Was it Steph? Whoever it was, I'm curious to know how he feels about it now. Oh, yeah, that's This true. is the episode for this, it. This so is the episode. I'm going to hold that thought until like three minutes from now. I am pretty sure it was Steph, though. It was Steph. On on Oolong. Yeah. Which <laughs> she won her tribe. Uh, I think it was it was Ian on Kurore. Mm-hmm. Bumper. All right, so this episode came out on April 14th of 2005. Uh, Really only one important thing happened in the week between episodes. Didn't make a lot of news, but we need something. The Oregon Supreme Court nullifies marriage licenses issued to gay couples a year earlier by Multnomah County, which I'm assuming is the Portland County, because probably the most liberal one. Um, so yeah, we're still, at this point in time, we're still having the debates of, do gay people deserve rights? And the answer is that yes. the Oregon Supreme Court said was no. Well, they're wrong. and That is true. We're Ooh. proved wrong. <laughs> yes. Uh, the number one song is still Candy Shop. Dang. I, I honestly did not think it would hang on this long, because I don't think it's a very good song. I also don't think it's a very good song. It is wild how the first two seasons we did, which was the year 2000, It changed like every week. Mm -hmm. Now it's like it's two or three songs an entire season. Welcome to modern pop music, Jared. I know. The top five movies, however, Beauty Shop, Guess Who, Fever Pitch, Sin City, and coming in at number one, the movie we're going to talk about, Sahara. Stephen, have you heard of Sahara? I feel like I've heard the name, but I don't know what this is. Well, it's a very big desert in Africa. Yes, thank you, Jared. As far as the movie goes... Seasoned Adventure Dirk Pitt. Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> that's a great name. That Dirk Pitt. Pitt. Damn uh, Dirk Pitt. Okay, wait, I gotta tell a small aside. Every so I love the game, the XCOM games. I love all strategy games. But the the first sniper I get anytime I'm playing an XCOM game is named Dirk Murder. <laughs> because I accidentally misread the randomly generated name the first time I played it when a buddy was showing it to me. Where I call his name was Dirk Mulder and i thought i was like they, the computer named him dirk murder and then he made fun of me the first time i named the uh when i got a female sniper first and named her dirk murder and i went no no murder is a gender neutral name and he looks at me and goes yeah but dirk isn't <laughs> that is true that uh yeah murder is the last name jerry <laughs> So anyway, season adventurer Dirk Pitt, Matthew McConaughey, sets out for the African desert with his sarcastic companion, Steve Zahn. They don't even give the character name in that description. Anyway, in search of a ship rumored to have vanished long ago, the main draw being the treasure supposedly hidden within the lost vessel. When the daring duo come across a beautiful scientist, Penelope Cruz, who is juggling an escape from a warlord and a mission to stop the spread of a powerful plague, their desert expedition begins to heat up. Hold up. They're searching for... A sunken treasure in the desert? Correct. What the fuck? Okay. Famously a place you find ships. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm assuming you're going to ask me, what do I think this is rated? Yeah. You know the bit now. I do. I I said it in my head. It's fine. I don't... Th- I, I believe that this is like a big budget film. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's going to be fine because of it. But, like, I'm sticking to my mid-score okay. of, like, 55 audience, critic, probably a little lower of 52. Sometimes it's really hard to keep a straight face when you do that. Audience score, 53. Oh, shit. You nailed it. Hot damn. Uh, critic score, your thought process was right, but even lower, 38. Okay. That's- the the critics... Consign- critics- the critics' consensus is a mindless adventure flick with a preposterous plot. Which, yeah, they're <laughs> yeah. looking for a treasure on a boat in a desert. Cool. Okay, then I feel a little <laughs> redeemed there. Thank you, critics. <laughs> Anything else? Nope, that's all she wrote. Cool. Then let us get into the episode. Episode 9, I Will Not Give Up. Jared, who's your winner pick? ha ha ha! It shouldn't be Stephanie, okay? But like, it just feels like she has plot armor. Ooh, okay. So I'm tempted to make it Stephanie, because for some reason, like, there isn't even we nobody even has a minute where they're like, yeah, but let's get rid of Stephanie first. That's we don't hear a single person say that. Crazy, except for I guess uh, the girl who hates her, Jen. Yeah, and I, I don't know how serious anyone was when saying it. No, I I don't think anyone wanted to get rid of her. And mind you, that is probably because Karor has not had a vote yet. Willard basically quit. (laughs) Like, let's not pretend like Willard was a vote. So, yeah, they're probably chomping the bit to get rid of a couple people. But it's still kind of crazy. So, I'm going to say that we have back-to-back seasons where a tribe gets down to one person and then maneuvers it to where they are end up winning the game wow. and say Stephanie. Okay. You heard it here first. Stephanie wins the season. 20 years later. <laughs> you heard it here first. In 2024. Second, <laughs> last. Uh, you heard it here first on this podcast. <laughs> anyway, uh, we open the episode with sad, alone Stephanie. It's so bleak, man. It's, it's pretty sad. It's just her on her own, in a cave, like afraid that the fire is going to go out and she was, she, told, uh, she tells us that it's, she's afraid to sleep because if the fire goes out, I don't know that I'm going to get it back. You just won a fire making challenge. I sure hope you'd be able to get it back. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> and talks us through the irony of Bobby John taught me how to make fire and keep fire and I feel bad that he taught me too well. Yeah. He taught me so well I beat him. Yeah. That's hilarious. And we wake up the next day and she's like, yeah, I was hoping I would make it to this day. This is the day. This, this specific day where yeah. you're alone and your whole been voted off? This is the day. Day 22. I mean, in order for Stephanie to win, I said this before, but she literally has to play two full games of Survivor. Correct. Not in terms of days, obviously, but kind of because like her days have been harder than anyone on you would have to participate in every single tribal council vote except for Willard. Yeah. Wow. Which is one that could not have possibly been a part of because of the double. Yeah. And in some ways you can actually say that she will, regardless, because she's gonna make the jury. Fair. Will be a part of every single tribal council vote. There you go. I'm I'm interested. So we we have the 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 reeling there. On Karor. They're feeling it, too. Uh, Ian says that Kobe and Janu have been pained in the asses all day. It is interesting to see Ian's perspective that Kobe's been the narrator. Mm-hmm. hmm Tell me more. Well, I just, like, Ian basically tells us to the camera that, like, Kobe's been the one who's telling us, the audience, what's been going on at Karor in this, like, weirdly prescient self, like, maybe that's not what it was supposed to be, like, how he meant it, but that's kind of how I took it. How meta can we get here? I know, right? (laughs) Ian looking at us through the TV. It is also interesting that Kobe... Okay, let's talk about Kobe for a second. (laughs) All right. Puts my notes down. Kobe is a victim of his tribe's success, in my opinion. Tell me more. I think his tribe winning every single challenge was the worst case scenario for Kobe. Because Kobe... He's like, he is cranky, and he is being a pain in the ass, which we hear from multiple people, including Kobe. Including Kobe! (laughs) He does say that, yeah. Sometimes voting somebody off can be a vent for your frustration, or it can remind you that your back's up against the wall. Mm -hmm. This whole episode, Kobe acts like he's not in any danger, because for 22 days, he hasn't been. And there's no, like, everyone on the tribe hasn't been. But... With Kobe, who Kobe is, for some reason, this brings out the worst in him that we've seen all season. I'm sure it's been there and it's just being highlighted more because this is the episode that he goes home. But he does have a good strategic mind that he's had no outlet for in 22 days. Being surrounded by people that are starting to get on his nerves. Mm -hmm. Playing a game that he hasn't really gotten to play and seems like he was kind of chomping at the bit to play. Yep. And that's kind of the worst case scenario for him. <laughs> you do think it might have played a little differently where when Kobe was at the peak of like winning challenges almost single-handedly or doing amazing things for this tribe, if we had to like do votes then, Kobe wasn't going home then. No. But then once everyone was settled in this I'm around these people 24 seven and we're not getting rid of people. It kind of worked against him. Yeah. He's not doing the best job of coexisting, which is easier to do when you have a goal and a focus. And he has not had a goal and a focus for most of this game besides yeah. win challenges. Yeah. I see what you're saying. So yeah, we just go around like that. And Kobe talks to us and say, I'm not busting my butt to keep people in line. And yeah, essentially, he's giving up on the emotional labor of trying to make this tribe work. Mm-hmm. And I get it. There's only so much you can take. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Stephanie. I oh. also think Kobe's the kind of person that flourishes around fresh blood. Mm-hmm. There's no fresh blood. There's no fresh blood. It's just Stephanie. Well, there is flesh. There is flesh. There is flesh. There's fresh blood in Stephanie. Yeah, but one person against One eight. person does not a new tribe make. Uh, yeah, exactly. Literally, in, in this, this case. case. Correct. Yep. Anyway, Steph fishes alone. It's very sad. <laughs> can't find fish. Can't find clams. Tries to go coconut hunting alone. Almost drops the giant palm or the, the bamboo thing. Yeah. And yeah, almost breaks an arm. You know, the fun stuff. Yeah. And then gets tree mail saying, hey, don't open this. Give it to Karor tribe. Pack up your stuff. Get in the boat. Go to Karor. Thank God she didn't win a 55-gallon jug of fresh water. 55 gallons. of fresh water. (laughs) It's still funny to me. It's still funny. (laughs) (laughs) Her trying to get that from her camp to theirs? Not going to happen. It is wild that they won almost nothing and didn't have to take a whole lot. No. No. Her personal items. It's yeah her personal items and that's about it yep she took the tools i did i did notice that but also the other tribe has tools so yeah but now you have different tools yeah you got more stuff anyway she paddles over in a boat she paddles close but not close enough so she has to like get out tie the boat and walk Stephanie the the absolute master of doing things 90% correctly. But also I feel bad because she is rowing that boat all by herself yeah. and I can't imagine it's easy. No. I feel like she's just getting pushed around. Do you Get... think the camera crew helped her in the boat? Had to. Yeah. Or at least to a point, right? <laughs> I mean cuz also like if they're in the if they take the same boat back to tribal back from tribal, I guess they don't. They take their own ways back. Because if she can't do it, the show just can't go on. Yeah, that's true. Like, you can't just leave her on that beach, because I'm assuming it's not walkable. You know what this reminds me of? What? This reminds me of Australia when they lost... I don't even remember what it was. In the river, and they fucking, like, went into, like, a flooding, torrential, like, rapids river, like, from a flash flood, trying to get it out, and almost died. Mm -hmm. Like, Keith just, like almost died getting this water like that's what this reminds me of like yeah well somebody had to step in right but nobody did then so i don't remember where i was reading but it someone was saying that they especially an old school survivor they do not step in unless it's medically critical for them to do so sure if they're if someone's gonna fuck up they're gonna let them i think it's the the post I sent you that that was sent to me of the sh- the fire burning down the shelter in Amazon. It's uh, probably true. Yeah. Oh man. Anyway, she shows up. Everyone's super excited to have some fresh blood, and I don't know. It's just she's she's there. She gets a, a <laughs> she gets a buff. She's everyone's smelling it. They're loving this buff. Weird. It's fresh clothes. Wash it. You guys have soap and water. That is a good point, and I didn't think about that, but uh, do they have body soap? I assume so. I They, they got a have. full fucking bathing kit. They did. I don't remember there being soap. I remember toothpaste. I remember mouthwash for whatever reason. Well, probably because Ian did a fucking commercial on it. <laughs> orange mouthwash. Mm. Tastes like orange. Think, two flavors that you don't want at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Everyone's happy. Steph is like it's, it's heaven compared to what we had here you, at this Again, you. What you had. What I had. Stephanie everyone vying for Stephanie's attention is so interesting. That they are also sick of each other, they're just like, Hi new person, let's I I here's everything. You're my best friend now. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And you know what? When you tell me that Tom was arguing with, or not arguing, but like being a rules lawyer with Jeff an hour before some challenges, <laughs> that starts to make more sense. Doesn't it, though? Yeah. I also think I, I all the stuff I said about Kobe being in the worst possible scenario for Kobe also includes being on a tribe with Tom, I think. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, we go around. We, we get the... Uh, get-to-know-you phase. Jen talks a little bit about how I hit it off with her on the first day, but I'm worried she's going to hit it off with other people and go a long way. So if she could just go away real fast, that'd be great. And she's the only one that feels that way that we hear from. Apparently. She's the one who votes for Steph, right? I don't have the votes on me, but I can definitely... No, wait, no, it was Janu. Never mind. I'm pretty sure it was Janu. Yeah. And... Yeah, that's... There's there's a little bit of people pulling her around, like, getting to know her. Kobe then is so frustrated and waiting for a moment to, like, tell her things that she's like, all right, get over here. Hey, Stephanie, we're, we're going to talk. And, like, takes her from the ladies and, like, tells her everything about the alliances. What is going on so far? Okay. It's like you made a scene and you accomplished nothing i think he accomplished i think he accomplished the opposite of, the what, opposite he of what he wanted yeah. to accomplish yeah and like the the play isn't bad the play is say hey these aren't the people you want to go with because they're locked in Sure. we're in a good spot and we can bring you further but doing that in front of the people that you're trying to usurp here yeah and then having them, essentially, they get the final word of like, don't trust him. Like he is, he's bitter. He's a problem. Yeah, we want to get rid of him. Yeah. I, it, well, I, I want to. I, this kind of rolls into the next conversation. I think we're gonna have, which is the the feast or lack of. Yeah, the fishing men. <laughs> yes, the fishing men. <laughs> um, Joe, 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 Joe. Do, 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 do. Jotaro. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, locals show up and they don't get a merge feast, but they get taught how to fish. the The concept that the local men were using of like, "Hey, use small fish to catch big fish," blew their minds. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "You guys, all all you have to do all day is sit around, and none of you went. Wait a minute." What if we tried to use a smaller fish to catch a bigger fish? You know, that's a crazy idea, my that's friend. A wild idea. Yeah. But the really important moment here, I think, is is Tom and Kobe. And Kobe. Yeah. Yeah. And let's first address the uh, the subconscious homophobia of Tom, being like, no, no, no. Three men come with me, Kobe. You go, You you stay with the women. That is. Again, like I don't think that's how Tom meant it, but I think that there is a a dividing line when or when 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 Tom draws the battle lines like that for uh-huh. this this separation of labor, I can imagine it pokes a very specific button inside of Kobe that uh, he's probably experienced a lot, which is like, Oh, well you're just one of the girls. I don't see you as as a man. You're one of the you're you're just one of these go hang out with the girls. Didn't Kobe immediately say, I wanna do bait? Yeah, but with Ian. Because yes. it was split up the four of them. Yes. And he's like, cool, Ian, let's do this. And Tom takes, no, no, Ian's going to come with me. Greg, why don't you come with me too? Kobe, why don't you teach the girls to do it? Um, Which is just like, I just want to point out there because it's, it, I think it is important to the way that Kobe reacts. Sure. Uh, <laughs> that being said, like, Kobe's kind of had it with Tom's controlling behavior. Mm-hmm. I would be too. Mm-hmm. But you don't have the numbers so you don't have the votes <laughs> this is point this is data point number 2 with this episode of reasons why it's almost a clean sweep for kobe It's it's tough cuz yeah he he does blow up here and uh what do you call it a fit no i mean like he is in the right in the argument uh-huh in the wrong in the game I need you to explain this. I I understand what you're saying, but let's let's just Yeah, yeah. Tell me more. Yeah, I mean like I think that he's right to be like Tom you're being a dick and also probably a little like subconsciously uh homophobic. Um and at the same time, um you you just have to bury it unfortunately f- for the game. Mm-hmm. Like you are you are right and it's still going to get you voted off. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That happens. There's a lot of just bad feelings, and I don't know. We we show up and we we do the whole fishing thing. They they show us how it works. They show us that it does work. And then the other guys minus Kobe go out on the boat and do like they catch a lot of fish. Joe catches a lot of fish. Let's be clear. Yes, <laughs> and they're out there a long time. Like the sun's, the sun starts to set while they're out there. It does feel like it's most of the day, doesn't it? And remind me when we get to our post-episode stuff that there is something about that scene that Kobe talks about. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we, they, they eat. They eat really well. How do they catch a lobster? That's a great question. They say they caught a lobster. I don't remember seeing them catch a lobster. It looked like. It's also not something you catch on a line. No. It looked like a big redfish. And I was like, that. I don't think that's what they meant. (laughs) It's like the meme of the kid with the butterfly. Like, is this a lobster? (laughs) Is this a lobster? Yes. Yes, it is. And then they get rum. And people get real drunk. Yeah. And by people, I mean Tom. Tom Tom gets. Real slurry. If I had a fast. nickel for every Tom that gets way too drunk off of rum in the first 10 seasons of Survivor, I'd have two nickels. Which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> for whatever reason, it's really funny watching Tom, like, try to keep it together. If you're an actor, don't play being drunk. Play trying to stay. Uh, trying to uh, trying to Show, be, trying to show everyone. Sober. Yeah. yeah. I'm so sober. Like you don't, Jared. 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. What's funny is I've seen you like this without act. Like, this is exactly how you act when you are, like, nine drinks in. Shut up. <laughs> anyway, um, the, the bits just keep rolling. And Tom, Tom, you're not driving tonight. Tom, Tom, Tom quit falling all over the place. We're, we're bringing you to bed, buddy. It's time for you to yeah. go to bed. Yep. And then it's really funny seeing Joe and Edwin sleeping in the boat. That You know what? This should be the new bet we have. Uh, in the on the first episode is who gets outrageously drunk in the season because <laughs> last season it was chad this season it's tom where do we keep getting the alcohol <laughs> rewards duh Re- rewards all the rewards and we wake up the next day it's the day after tom blacked out i guess i'm missing some gaps and no, no food and a few shots of rum i was i was out sounds like a brown out i don't know that i've ever had that I don't Uh, don't want to. No, I've I've browned out a bunch of, like, not a bunch of times, but, like, I don't really black out, I brown out, which is, like, it's like when you're driving home and you don't remember your drive home and then you're just there. Okay. It's kind of like that where it'll be, like, oh, I don't really remember taking the train home last night, but I took the train home, but I remember, like, everything before that, and then I remember being home, and then I guess I played a game of League of Legends, but I remember getting (laughs) potato chips after that. It's like that. That's terrifying to me. Well, like, it's... So, something with having a bad memory in general is that like that just happens to you sometimes. Like, okay, oh, yeah, I guess I did do that. Gross. I see a doctor. I, no, you're probably fine. I'm probably. Have fine. you ever blacked out? Oh yeah, like in college. Oh okay, I've never blacked out. Really? I've I've also never been like that sloppy drunk. Um, I've sensible Steven. I've been ill drunk before, where I've like thrown up, but never like. I'm a problem. Yeah, okay. Well, I, I should say that, like, this is college. I I joke about, like, there's People I've done a couple, I've done a couple of episodes hungover, but, like, my relationship with alcohol is healthy. Um, But I do remember in college uh, a party where we did what's called Stars and Bars, which was uh, you take a, you put a star in your arm for every beer or shot <laughs> you've had and a star for every bowl of weed. Um, and I woke up with... Twenty-one bars, three stars, and the knowledge that I had at least two more tall boys and a third of a bottle of wine on top of that. Huh. I was still drunk the next day, so, so wait, and I transitioned said, to hungover in the middle of the day with a marker. You write with a marker. Okay, you said the bar is the drink, and yeah, you do it. You do a bar on your. The arm. star is the weed. Yes. Oh man. Yeah, it was rough, man. Oh, I like I said, transitioned to hungover midday the next day (laughs) like i remember being at a diner and being like guys it's i did not drive there obviously um but like i was eating and then all of a sudden like it just it's like a flip a switch fucking flipped and i went i need tylenol and i need to go to bed i am death incarnate let me be i also remember because i don't act that drunk when i'm drunk i'm um like i'm not even even when I would black like the couple times I blacked out, like people like, you still like were having conversations with me and like acting somewhat normal, just like a little like louder. Um, and somebody was like, Hey, what you doing out here? Well, I was like getting cold air, trying not to vomit. And I was like, Oh, just watering the garden and then vomited over the railing onto the garden and then went back inside. <laughs> watering the plants. <laughs> 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 I hate that. Yeah. I hate that so much. Anyway, Kobe is Still pissed at Tom. Tom would not stop fake laughing and having fun and being personable with the he's, people. He's just being a suburban dad. He is a dad here. I don't know. In my mind, I don't remember what kind of shoes Tom are wearing, but they have to be white New Balances, right? That yeah. tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. This is the moment where Kobe pulls Steph. Not before. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And the ladies were pissed about it. He tells Jen, <laughs> he tells Steph that Jen is jealous of you. That's really funny. Wild. Yeah. And then immediately Steph tells everything to the ladies. Like everything. Yeah. It's it's the full on, like, hey, this is what this guy said. What do you guys think? <laughs> like she had her mind absolutely decided before anything happened. One hundred percent. Otherwise you don't share that. Or ah, maybe maybe not. I Maybe you just share it because you're like, I don't want to even be perceived as keeping secrets from other people in this tribe because I will become a target immediately. Sure. Steph does play this part really smart. This whole episode. Okay. Yeah. But then she does say, I don't know who to trust at the end. Like, yeah. She, she is legitimately confused, and she feels caught in the middle of this thing that she, she is kind of caught in the middle of. I mean, there's no middle. <laughs> there is no middle. <laughs> as we middle. see by the end of this episode, it's... It's pretty one-sided. Which, yeah, we'll talk about that. Anyway, Immunity Willard is no more. We're at the... Shark jaw. Shark jaw. <laughs> Steph they is- actually just... Uh, they asked Tom for the shark head that he had taken yeah. and just like took the jaw off and put it on the necklace. Yeah. It is weird that we see the individual before we see the tribal immunity, and then we bring it back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the same one from the first episode. It is. There huh. were two of them. Yeah, weird. Yeah. Hmm. Steph gets to touch the immunity, Willard, because she hadn't before. Yes. It's great. <laughs> a lot of you have not competed in a while, says Jeff. You don't get used to that because you will be competing from here on out. Again, just rubbing salt in the fucking wound. Mm-hmm. And then we get a perch challenge, This Jared. perch seems too big. It seems better than the last perch. Better than Australia. Yeah. And better than, well Is it better than Amazon? Amazon's, I think, was more narrow. You might be right. This one's, like, round. I was thinking... I was thinking earlier ones. Mm. Um, But, yes, it's still kind of big. The This is... I mean, if you're going to do this challenge post-merge, like, and, I mean, post-absorption, I guess, is the right <laughs> time to do it? Because, like, it's <laughs> a... It is a how secure do you feel in the tribe challenge. Yeah. But it just doesn't work for me. There's no element... It's just until people get bored. Like, there's no element of challenge in this. Especially this one where it shows nobody just quit the challenge. Nobody said, I can't do this anymore. No. Every single person jumped off for food. Yeah. The closest... I mean, I will say, I think uh, Janu being in... Like, Janu and Kobe jumping off first. I think Janu was like, oh, thank God. I get donuts and I get to go home. Oh, thank God. (laughs) Give me them donuts. Send me the fuck home. That too. Yeah. So... Jeff sits in his funny little chair. It's pretty funny. It is pretty funny. I, I also hate that they go to tribal immediately after this. Why? They didn't give anybody time to talk. Oh, that is true. And I feel like that has a little bit of why the vote went the way it went. Yeah, probably. Because, wait, you're saying one person made themselves a massive target by spending this entire challenge being a, the pre-internet version of an internet troll? I mean, internet existed, but like... Not not in the way it does today. Yeah. <laughs> not a Twitter troll. Uh, yeah. Tom and Kobe are kind of like open forum going at it. Tom, er, Kobe and Janu jump in at one hour to get the donuts. And yeah, the food taunts are real. Those better be some good donuts. They better be. I'm a stickler for a donut. They That's better fine. be good. I like You just threw away your shot in a million dollars for a donut and because you were cranky. He doesn't know that, though. Yeah, that's just for somebody who has been very self-aware, this the back half of this episode is Kobe being so unself-aware. That's fair. As far as he knows though, it's either Janu or it's someone that he's targeting. Yeah, I mean, I guess you're right. Everyone thinks it's going to be Janu. Yeah. But here we are. And yeah. that's because Janu's fucking worthless. <laughs> uh, this is what happens in somebody who meant again. It's she's a Mister Meesigs. She wasn't supposed to live this long. <laughs> it's getting weird. It's Getting weird. What terrible fandom! I don't yeah. remember. Well, it fair. At some point, Ian's like, "I'd take off my clothes for some chocolate yeah, and peanut butter." Yeah, I love that. Solid reference. We love that. Bringing back our Amazon ladies. And <laughs> Tom's like, "Got any baluts?" <laughs> God damn it, Tom. <laughs> that's so funny. And part of me is like, are you serious? Would you do it? He might be. He might be. No, I just think Tom's a stubborn dad who's not going to. He's like, I'm going to win. Yeah. I'm not going to step down off this unless and, I can't stand here anymore. And that's kind of what happens here. Yeah. Because at 2.23, uh, we bring out chocolate chip cookies. Greg, Ian, Katie, and Jen all jump in. Cook- really? Cookies? I know. That was this shocking thing to me because at three hours Jeff brings out a full pizza and that's where I'm like, yeah good call that would yeah that would be tough especially when you didn't get a merge feast and that's probably why they didn't get a merge feast to be honest mm-hmm. um hey Stephen yeah some of these challenges go on for like hours uh-huh like three Seven, hours to be eight, precise, nine hours uh-huh. not this one but where do people pee do you just pee while you're up there absolutely hope you don't got a shit yeah, that's a problem. Just shit your pants for immunity. To be fair, as we've heard multiple times from contestants, you're not pooping a whole lot when that's you're true. on the island. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I've obviously like they just had a bunch of fish, so there is the possibility that that could happen. But hopefully, you don't have to poop. Yeah. Because they couldn't squat down. They were not allowed to sit down. They were not allowed to, like, touch the perch. (laughs) Hey, Jeff, can you alter the rules so I put one hand on the perch and shit into the ocean? I just kind of shit, man. (laughs) Aqua (laughs) dump. Anyway, Steph and Karen bail for the pizza, so Tom wins. And Jeff has to really drill it in there that so many people eager to get off for food. Phrasing. Phrasing. (laughs) I wrote that down. That was right there. Yay. And we go right to tribal council. Anything you want to pull out from tribal council. Kobe just stirred up too much shit, man. And he's, he was doing it during the challenge. He was doing it at the tribal. Like, he really doesn't think he's in any danger because he's like, well, I have this, the shield in Janu, who, if she is here any more days, is just going to kill herself live on TV. Um... But they, we have now, like, the fourth or fifth instance of a tribe just holding somebody hostage when they want to go home to send somebody else they want to go home more. Correct. <laughs> Which is funny because, like, it wouldn't, like, in how most of them know how this is going, like, getting rid of Janu first wouldn't have changed the outcome. It just would have kept Kobe around three more days, and they just didn't want to keep Kobe around three more days. Yeah. And Kobe is like, hey, we have bigger targets than Stephanie. And he's right. Yeah. Like, if we want to, like, if you want to make a move, everyone, now's the time. I I do wonder, and God, I I hope we do get Kobe on, because there is an element of him this episode that kind of feels like self-sabotage to me, especially when we hear from him how important being on a team was. Mm -hmm. And he even talks about in his post vote confessional how like you know i'm so glad these guys could give me this experience that i've never gotten before uh if there's a little bit of like being uncomfortable now that you've gotten to this point and just being like well uh i guess i'm gonna self-sabotage like not a conscious thought but it it does feel a little i never thought i would make it this far a little bit (laughs) okay or like wow, this is nice. When things are nice, people hurt me. I'm going to hurt them first. Mm. That's reading a lot into an episode of Survivor. It is. But that was the impression that struck me. Okay. Uh, Yeah, so Kobe's voted out. It was a, what was it? Uh, There's nine of them, so seven to one to one. Seven, one, 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 yeah. And Janu looks shocked. Janu looks shocked. And and mad. (laughs) Yeah, why t- t- kill me? Kill Take me, me out. <laughs> just kill me. Do it. Do it now. <laughs> yeah. So it is interesting. They spent so much of the season hyping up this like possible Greg and Jen flip with Kobe, mm-hmm. just for Kobe to go home for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they needed something to talk about on Core. They they did. They needed something just. Please give me anything to, like, spice up Karor footage a little bit. It is interesting that we don't get more people, and maybe they just weren't talking about it, or maybe they didn't feel that way, but more people that aren't frustrated with Tom. Because, mm. like, Tom is great. Tom's a great leader. Tom's a great provider. I also get the feeling that he would rub people the wrong way. I mean, he had a, he already had a fight with Jan about the shower. He's fighting with Kobe. He's negotiating challenge rules with Jeff. Like, it's weird that they kind of buried that. Yeah. He's weirdly winning these arguments and, like, argument after argument by, like, group consensus and pissing off individual people. But no one's being like, hey, let's rally against that. Or even complaining about him in confessionals. Yeah. Like, we don't even get people being like, God, except for Kobe, um and Jen once, being like, God, Tom's so good to have around, but he's really getting on my nerves. Like, we've gotten that in previous seasons all the time. Yeah. I wonder if that's, like, I don't know, being buried for storytelling purposes or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Or they just didn't feel that way or didn't articulate it, but... That could be. Or it just didn't fit the narrative very well, and they wanted to keep Tom as this golden boy. I mean... He's so good at the challenges, and he's such a good provider, and he's a New York City firefighter in the year 2005. I can see why they might bury some of his blemishes. Fair. How do you think Kobe does in Future Survivor? I kind of hinted at this, but I think better. I think that Kobe—I mean, Kobe's the second vote off in his tribe, technically. Yep. But I that would not be the case in a normal season. Uh, I He made the merge. He made the jury. But— well, he made the absorption. Um, <laughs> it's gonna be funny every time. It's gonna be funny every time. Um, he has, he has the potential for, in my opinion, of being a, uh, almost a. It's it's kind of funny because same sexual eye, but Richard Hatch. Um, he's he's not he's a little more emotional than Hatch in that like it does seem like it's easier to get under his skin. I think one of the big strengths of Hatch is that it's really hard to make him upset. Mm. But even with that, I think Kobe is... I I would love to see him play again. I don't know if he comes back. I would love to see him play again on a tribe that is not as unified and doesn't do as well because I think he would really do well in a divided tribe. Sure. Sure. I like to think of him as, like, a Rob Sestranino. Rob was going to be my other comparison, in, actually. In playing a game the way that the game is going to be played in the future, mm-hmm. but unfortunately not having the success because of it. Yeah. And, like, I think he was thinking light years ahead of everyone else, but people weren't willing to get on board with that. Yeah, I think... I, I Rob was going to be my first comparison point, and then I thought no, he's just not as good of a strategist as Rob. I think that's also true. Yeah. But still making really good moves. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Anyway, he does not come back. That's a shame, man. However, he, he did fill out the quarantine questionnaire, and it's pretty funny. Oh, okay. Like All in all, he's like, my mind melted is the, the tagline here, and sums up like, I almost burned down the the shelter when everyone went out fishing. Ha! <laughs> like, and I thought, hmm, it would have been kind of funny for me to, like, light up the fu- light up a fire and then just sit there in a Buddha pose and wait for them to come back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, you could tell that Kobe was very sick of the people around him by the end of this. Yeah. Uh, proudest moment, sumo at sea. Yeah. It was... People weren't expecting things to be that physical, and I went to the game thinking my mind would be awesome, and my body would be mush. Turns out it was the opposite: my mind melted, and my body wouldn't stop. <laughs> that's so funny at the time, medical team said I was the healthiest person to ever play. no bug bites, no cramps. just don't know what your body can do out there wow. until you do it. He's built different, he's built different, yeah uh, <laughs> I don't this is a minor spoiler, but I'm okay with it. Biggest regret was not making the family visit. Like I said, my mm. mo- uh, his mom passed away in the future. Uh, but at the time, she was the one person that he was having mm. come out. And it was really funny. Two days before she was set to leave, producers called and said... Uh, sorry, we decided not to do a family visit this year. Mom replied, I'm not stupid. He got voted out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Bonnie was awesome. Fans would have loved her. We'll always regret Damn. that. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I knowing that there's a family visit coming isn't really a spoiler for me. It'd be more of a spoiler if there wasn't a family visit coming, to be honest. Yeah. And then one thing that would have shocked people that didn't make TV was that, when the boat tipped over and says, Ian still blames me for that, we lost our box of, with the flint. Yeah. Uh, Tom and Ian found it, but which was great. They brought it back, but unbeknownst to them, the salt water had dissolved the striking rod loose from the flint. Oh, We couldn't find it. We had to search for a small pencil lead sized three inch striker on our entire beach like a needle in a haystack. Oh my God. Kobe found it. I wish they would have shown that. I wish they would have shown that either. It probably just didn't have the time. I was gonna b I was gonna burn the camp down when everyone went fishing without me. Imagine Tom and Co. pulling around the bend to see me in a Buddha pose as our camp burned to the ground. Hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah. There's a lot of good stuff in here. I would I he's friends with most everyone except Willard. Nobody can find Willard. <laughs> Icon. Uh, and uh, I'm glad he stayed friends with them afterwards. Cause like it's one thing to be irritated with people because you had to live with them on a beach for 22 days and do nothing. I should say except for Ian and Tom. Oh, really? Yeah. Everyone except for those two. Bad blood between them. Okay. And says Jen was basically his best friend. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Moved to California partly because of her. Hmm. So that's fun cute. St- fun stuff. Like I said, if you haven't read that, go read that. It's There's a lot of good stuff in there. And Kobe, once again, feel free if you want to come on. I could learn so much from you. Yeah, same. Absolutely. Anything else, Jared? No, I'm interested to see the rest of the season. I would love to hear if, if Kobe wants to come on um and i feel like he would be also a very interesting person that would not be afraid to just let it all let was, her fly let her fly i think we would hear a lot about why he doesn't talk to tom and ian anymore uh-huh oh yeah <laughs> absolutely i've seen some reddit threads and th- there's some stuff that i i don't want to get into yet but we will well, yeah but we shouldn't yeah yeah cool bumper That'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Turnback Time podcast. Jared, how you feeling? Uh, I, you know my brain and body are kind of fucked up because um, we've been so the weather in Chicago has been in very unseasonably warm. And yes, I know that Boo talking about weather, weather. on the pod on a podcast is the seventh circle of hell. But it's it's been like the, it's been the false spring, but. Like, obviously, the sun still sets at the same time, so my brain keeps thinking it's like April or May, um, but then it will be dark at 5 o'clock, and I don't understand what's going on, (laughs) Yeah, and it has me very discombobulated. Yeah. Yeah. How are you feeling, Steven? I'm all right. (laughs) Anything you'd like to promote? Uh, I would like to promote being silly. We Mm -hmm. only... Listen... Yeah, be serious sometimes. That's important. Um, also, it'll give you depression. Be silly. Be silly. Be, what about you, Steven? Be gay, do crime. Be gay, do crime! <laughs> I am going to promote, and this is weirdly off-base for me, but I'm going to promote some of the coolest people that work at Apple stores. What? Um, there's a story here. Okay. I have AirPods. I use them all the time. And... They were just about to hit warranty, so I'm like, you know what, this one struggles to connect sometimes, so I'm going to bring them in, like, get them looked at, and hopefully, like, they can do something about it. If nothing else, like, fix them. And so I brought them in. The guy's like, well, under original diagnostic, they pass. so hold on a second. And so he goes downstairs, runs like the audio frequency wavelength test, and they both fail. She's like, Here, we got you new ones. And like nice. you the real MVP. I, I appreciate you. I thought you to say like he set them on the ground and stepped on them and then went, Oh dang, they didn't pass now. Ah, uh, they're broken. <laughs> no, but it was kind of that that kind of shit of like nice. you know, the thing that you brought it in for, I can't really prove. But this other thing that probably happens a lot, I can prove that. So yeah. here we go. Nice. So Cool- ass people love it. For my co-host Jared, this is Steven. From my host Stephen, this is Jared. Bye- bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.